With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Touchdown Titans! There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! What's going on, everybody? Sam, Nick, it's Titans Unfiltered, Music City Miracles, back here with another week, back here with another victory podcast, which they're my favorite. And um, we're sitting here with the easiest schedule in the NFL remaining, but some division games in there, so obviously we got can't take that too lightly. But, uh, Nick, uh, what was your impression uh, going after that game? I, I was at the game, and I will say, before I let you kind of go into it, there were some moments in that game where the Saints, A, probably should have left their kicker in Nashville. Or maybe there's just something that we have in the water in Nashville. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming my boy, my boy Big Randy, Fat Randy, whatever you want to call him, he must be knocking back the Bud Lights, Miller Lights like me and not drinking the water in Nashville because he's been money. And I'm assuming that they bought their little healthy kicker in there. He's probably drinking all the water that we got to offer. And he goes out there and just misses two extra points out of nowhere, which was a difference in the game. And I mean, special team, the special team fumble was big, and there was a lot of stuff going on. It was a great game. Great to get out of there with a W. It's okay to have battle tested games because it makes you better, I think, down the road, other than like those teams that are just like, oh, we're rolling, we're rolling, we're rolling. And then you get that real test mm-hmm. and kind of get shook. So the difficult games that we had, I think, are making us better in late game, need to do this to win the game situation. Yeah, I, I was at the game too, and I kind of get the same vibe. It was um, more entertaining than I thought it would be. I thought it would be, you know, just a kind of a drag. But there were some some big moments there and a lot of back and forth. And I also came away from it thinking that, you know, Sean Payton is just such a good coach. Like – Simeon looked like a pretty legit quarterback, quite honestly. Um, And Peyton is so good at putting his guys in a position to succeed. Um, I thought the defense, the defense was dominant for a lot of the game, but I think, 
I think one of the repercussions from all these injuries is that the main guys get worn down. Like they don't have that defensive line rotation. When we were at the end of the game, um, Harold Landry was on the sidelines and he was just work. He was working that, you know, that muscle gun trying to get something out. Um, you know, Simmons had to come up for a couple of plays. The, the depth of the defense, I think is starting to catch up to him when we really need that bye week. Um, but again, the Titans just keep finding ways to win games. Um, you know, a lot of it past two games have been due to turnovers that, that big lick that Dylan Cole put on that guy on the return. That was a huge turning point because the Titans got the ball there scored and kind of just coasted off, off that, you know, that could have been the time really that, um, the saints drive down and, and make it even closer game than it ended up being. So that was a huge turning point. So they, they just have playmakers that keep making stuff happen um, to offset the fact that the offense still really hasn't got going. Now, granted the saints defense is I think the best run defense in the league. So even if we had Henry, I don't know, he would have done better than what we had, but it was a tough matchup for a team that really defines itself around the run. Um, I thought, Tannehill played a good game. Um, you know, no, he's just no interceptions. No interceptions. Um, he could have had one, but he's gotten really bailed out by those roughing the passer. And yeah. I don't think that was as bad of a call as some people make it. Like if you hit a quarterback in the head and shoulder area a little bit late, they're gonna flag that. Like that's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. So um, but he he had a good game. Marcus Johnson finally showed up, living up to all the all the practice uh, the uh, offseason um glory that he had had so they they keep finding ways to win um which is good I, i just think that going forward as we come down the stretch of these easier teams you know it might not be a time as much that we need to grind it out as how can we build on the success that they've had thus far to go deeper in the playoffs because i still think that offense need needs work and your hope to win a super bowl can't rely on Oh, I hope Henry and Julio come back and are at full strength. And can we just hold on until then? So um, I don't know about you. I actually think this Houston game will be a big one for me because I want to see what they can do against, you know, they've, they faced two really strong defensive opponents in the post Henry uh, time. And so now this is a, a matchup against a pretty abysmal Texans team. So a, you know, can they, you know, avoid the the trap game as they've been, you know, victim to in the past and B how can this offense expand upon itself? Because I don't think, I think we've learned from these past two games, you can't just throw Donta Foreman and Adrian Peterson into Derrick Henry's role and expect the same results. Yeah. I'm curious to find out. I know that uh, Foreman took a lot of the starter reps today. So clearly he, he kind of showed that, He's a little bit more game ready than AP is at the moment. AP still has, he's still working on a little bit of stuff. I feel like he's still getting a little loose. It's a little harder to go out there and just do it, even if you're just mm-hmm. a natural freak athlete. There's a lot to go in there. I think he has a little bit more grasp of the playbook as well. So I think that um, they're really kind of planning on him being more of the feature back and then uh, you know, AP being able to come in there and get his snaps and do what he needs to do. AP does a really good job of not going down on first contact. And I think that's mm-hmm. just our pure strength alone which is yeah. great. Uh, he looks pretty it, spry. It looks like he yeah. doesn't really, he, he's like, he's moving around pretty good. It's almost, but he's, I feel like he's running to his blockers a few times. Yeah. And 
it's like he hasn't he hasn't figured out where he's supposed to go yet. So yeah, he, yeah, he runs into the hole, and then next thing you know, he's like trying to fall forward just to get back to the line of scrimmage or get a yard mm-hmm. or something like that. Which um, there was a couple runs in there that uh, Freeman had a run where a lineman, uh, a, a lineman, and I think uh, it might have been a defensive tackle, or a defensive end, or a linebacker kind of fell right in front of him, and uh, he kind of. He kind of tried to hurdle it, but he tripped over it a little bit. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, Henry's gone on this run. But it's uh, yeah, those are little things we got to work on, and we just got to get better. But for the position that we're in, and what everybody kind of thought was going to happen, I mean, we have to be extremely pleased where we're at. We're getting a lot of help from the NFL right now because of how wacky everybody else's games have been. Uh, mm-hmm. To kind of, I mean. The Baltimore loss on was Thursday or Monday night was huge to kind of knock them down a little bit. The Bills uh, just shit in the bed against the Jags. That was huge. There's a lot of things that have kind of lined up, and we've been able to take advantage of it. And granted, we've had a crazy stretch of games that people didn't think we would come out of. When me and you talked about this schedule at the beginning of the season, it was not we were not supposed to come out of that stretch. Five and zero. That that middle that murders row right there. We were not supposed to come out of that five and zero, but like I said, this team is in this thing, and they have some. They got a mentality where they just refuse to. They block out all the noise, and they just go in there with a the game plan. Uh, Mike Mike Rabel he puts in he puts in a fat chew, goes out there with his guys, gets physical, and if you doggone it, if you're bruised and beat up, the guy that comes after you better be ready to go, and that's just kind of how it is. And I like the mentality of that. I think that it – I don't know. I think it works really well right now. I think as you get into the playoffs, I think that the stars kind of shine a little brighter in the playoffs. So we kind of have to get – we got we to gotta figure out exactly how we're going to play going into that to get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this. Our bye week being week – was it week 13 in the, in the regular season or something like that? Like – is this the first time that you've ever seen a bye week like that late for for us, like season wise? That's like super late for, for us. Yeah, for a seventeen week season, I th- feel like that's super late, and your body's so beat up. Uh, I just think that uh, I know that we're like us as a fan base. We love watching the Titans play every week. I'm like dying for them to get a week to where they can just kind of be like, okay, we're kind of resting and sitting at home for a little bit. Yeah, it's funny when um, the schedule came out, I was kind of like, um, all right, like a late bye week is actually good, right? We'll have it later in the season. We'll be more rested going into the playoff stretch than a lot of these other teams. <laughs> but what I didn't predict is that our whole team would be injured, basically. Man. Um, and, you know, I think that's just one of those things. That's how it plays out. And um a lot of it's just random timing and the Titans have just had terrible injury. Like, did you see that um, Reddit list that some psycho put together of all the Titans injuries they've had this year? Um, and it just listed out like every single player and how no, many I games missed. they've missed. No, I missed it. I know. I, I saw, know. I saw like the man games that were down or whatever, like 250 man games or something like that. I saw yeah. That. No, there, someone put like listed out like, typed out entire list of every player, what injury they had, how many games they've missed, which just seems like an incredibly painful exercise. Um, but it is really in it. I like some of them I even forgot like, Oh yeah. Like that guy missed a couple games here and there. Yeah. Um, pretty much everybody, like all of their major contributors 
outside of like Tannehill and Simmons and Landry and Bayard have like, you know, missed a game or two here or there. So it, that's, you know, that's one, everybody always talks about context. That is one piece of context that, yeah, I, I think from what I've watched from the Titans and the same is true against the Saints, you know, there's areas that they can improve in, but that really is such a big thing to have to overcome is that number of injuries. Um, and it always seems to be someone like, it seems like none of the good players ever play together. There's always like someone new each week, like, all right, well, David Long's not going to play randomly this week. You know, that's how it was last week and tear tarts out. Um, but guys, like you said, guys keep stepping up. Monty Rice played great. I thought, um, the relief of long, uh, I, th- I think with how, um, long and monty have been playing we can officially it'll be interesting to see what when Rashawn is healthy again like what his role is going to be right like how are they going to if they have all four linebackers healthy i'll I'll be interested to see like who who the starters are if they just are all rotating around because i think i don't know about you i think Rashawn has been the weakest of the four that have been on the field but he's also the veteran so i don't know i was about to say that i I was about to say that as soon as he gets healthy they're gonna put him back in and he's gonna have one bad play and i'm gonna see it like get his ass out like (laughs) i mean i don't think that there's a player like that the the like titans community has banded together more to be like listen he's like the player that has this expectation that's performed here I mean, yeah. when Bobby Hart comes in and he has a terrible game like he did against the Rams, it's expected. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's not he's not that guy. Rashad Evans is supposed to be like that guy. He's not yeah. that guy, but he's supposed to be a he's supposed to be he's a first round pick. Yeah. We're not, yeah. We're not supposed to worry about him. Yeah. And when you have to worry about him, it, it kind of sucks. And I mean, that's just the thing, is that with that kind of position and the way that the way that offenses offenses work now. You got to be able to kind of make some moves in there. Like Monty Rice was playing a little bit of coverage and made a huge play on a pass to like to like knock one out when the Saints were driving. I mean, those are the type of plays you got to make. And Rashad Evans can't make those plays. Like, and then I saw everybody was kind of harping to have Rashawn Evans play more of the role that Landry's ended up playing. But Landry has been on a whole nother level that I just don't think Rashawn Evans can get to. No, no, that's the thing. Everybody's like, let's try him out at edge. And I'm like, well, I mean, the coaches aren't completely dumb. If they thought he could play edge better than he's playing linebacker, he'd be there right now. Right. Like, um, I don't think there's, he's, um, some Julius peppers in hiding there that they move him there and he's going to be amazing. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think it's funny. You were talking about everybody on Twitter is ganged up on him. I've like, I've almost felt bad for him and I, I've like kept an eye out like, Oh, maybe he'll do something good that I can tweet about. And, no. <laughs> and redeem him. Nope. He's just, he's just not good. And it's too bad. Cause I feel like his rookie year, he actually did show up pretty well and people were encouraged by him. And like the last two have been really bad. And that might be honestly the switch from Pease's defense to more of the Bowen Rabel hybrid that they're doing. Um, and maybe it's just not a good fit for him. So I'll actually be interested to see if he, if he goes to Atlanta next year, joins back up with Dean Pease, because that, that's probably the best fit for him from what I've seen is in that style of defense. Because whatever whatever it is, he's, he doesn't deserve to start where he is right now. So, um, But, yeah, again, guys, just stepping up. Marcus Johnson, that was big. Um, I think having Lawan back was good. But if I'm being honest with you, Sam, I think if there's one thing that's going to hold back 
this Titans team. You know, we're we're already hearing the Super Bowl stuff getting floated out there. One thing that's going to hold this team back is the pass blocking. Bad. Um, it's still it's, bad. It's so, and you need it. You need to be able to pass block effectively because if your run's not going and you can't rely on you know the play action, your obvious passing situations. You know, we've seen when teams can pin their ears back. You know, that was a lot of the things on the on the Jets was they didn't fear our passing attack as much because we didn't have a Julio or an AJ to make us fear them. And so they were just sending everybody and our, our pass rush couldn't stand up to it. Right. And so I think I saw that the worst pass blocking grade um, in the league belongs to the jets in the past three games, the Titans have blocked at a lower overall passing grade than what the jets have been averaging. So they're like playing basically like, and I think they have the third worst overall um, and it's just not sustainable. And I think that's been the biggest difference from last year in, in terms of how efficient the offense has been is this drop off in, in pass blocking and, you know, forget, you know, we always talk about Tannehill's taking too many hits and that's true, but being terrible at pass blocking, it really limits what you can do on offense, especially if you don't have a Derrick Henry to lean on. All right. I mean, Luan came out with a cramp one play and then they gave up a sack. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. just, there's just no, um, there's no wiggle room there when it comes to that O-line. And if you don't think that some of these players are going to have to be roped, you can't, the O-line can't go a whole drive and milk out the clock without some kind of substitution there. Somebody's going to be able to hold their own to be able to make stuff happen. Hell, I, w- I was at a high school practice last night and even those guys were like, if, if a guy missed a assignment, it was, hey, you're out. This guy's in. And you got and you you better be able to do the assignment or you're just out, like if next man up on that. But you got to be able to do what you're coached. And this is basic stuff whenever you're talking about taking drop steps and you know who your man is. Like, But if you're just getting bull rushed and, and outran on the outside, what are you going to do? That just, that just means that condition is an issue and you just, know, you just don't have the ability to be able to drop back fast enough to be able to stop a rush. If you don't, I mean, if you guys don't think that we're we're gonna we're gonna have a headache whenever we play the Ravens and the the Bills and the playoffs and stuff like that, and those guys are they're blitzing linebackers and they're trying to run stunts to try to confuse us to get to Tannehill. I mean, we'll get Tannehill knocked out of the damn game. And I promise you, like I said before, there is no more important part of the offense right now than to have Ryan Tannehill at center. Even if we had Henry back, you have to have Ryan Tannehill at center to be able to make the thing kind of go right now. It is what it is. Just, uh, I, I mean, it was, it was huge. It's Julio's been out. Marcus Johnson steps up. AJ Brown's making drops. I mean, Marcus Johnson was there. I mean, there's, there's, so there's been, you've been able to kind of get production out of, certain different positions that kind of kind of help but i just don't know if we have the ability at quarterback to have anybody else other than ryan Tannehill in there so they got to do a better job of class blocking i watched the mike Vrabel show where he was talking about how it just it's just it's it's something that they got to work on they got to do a better job of taking the quarterback back there i mean mm-hmm. if they gave him if they gave him a little bit of extra time back there for these routes to develop i mean i i just feel like that we're putting up an extra 10 points a game but it's just I don't know. It's frustrating to watch because it's kind of like, I don't know how much easier they can make it for some of these guys to be able to yeah. just kind of block because some of the stuff that the, some of the, all the past rushes that we see that are hurting Tannehill and sacking Tannehill, they're like bull rushes. And I'm like, you're just getting beat. 
Yeah, and yeah, I think it's it's the interior line too that's really struggling. Obviously, when Bobby Hart has been in there, that's that's one story. Um, but Nate Davis and Roger Saffold, I mean, especially Roger Saffold's a little disappointing. Um, both of them have been great in run blocking, but both of them have grades below pro football focus has them below 50 in terms of pass pass blocking grades, and Saffold with a 47 and Davis with a 37. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you watched the Manning cast, but they were on there with Phillip Rivers and they were actually talking about the Titans and, you know, having that interior pressure and how that affected Matt Stafford. And and uh, that's what the Niners were doing as well as getting that interior pressure. And they were all saying how that's more difficult than the edge pressure. Right. And so that's that's the interior pass blocking. And Ben Jones has been doing OK, not as good as he has in the past, but. Between Saffold and Davis, they've just kind of been, you know, easy, easy breeze walk through. And um, like you said, facing guys like Calais Campbell on the Ravens, that presents a challenge. And I had said that it affects the what you can do with your offense. And you notice that um, Aaron Donald didn't have a huge game against us. That's because we had the game plan against him and know that we couldn't contain him for more than a second and a half, right. which is why Tannehill's average depth of target was like three and a half yards, which right. is insanely low. They were just throwing little short passes all the time because they knew they couldn't rely on the offense to hold on to Aaron Donald that long. Now, sure. most offenses can't hold on to him that long, but like you got to give us something, and especially with Henry out. It's just going to be a tough, tough sledding, I think. Um, if you can't handle that pass blocking. So that's one thing, like I said, the team keeps finding ways to win, but when we get down into the playoffs, when it's crunch time, I think that's, what's going to hold us back. And it won't be the offensive line that is taking as much heat as old Tannehill throwing bad passes and throwing interceptions because he's got a guy in his lap after a second. So that's just something that that's the main thing. I think they have to improve if they really want to be a true Super Bowl contender. Yep. I mean, so a big time special teams play with the um, with the fumble recovery mm-hmm. um, just kind of out of the gate second half. I mean, I, I'm I'm serious. I'm curious to think that if we don't get that the way our defense was playing, maybe we probably we probably hold them still. But there was a lot of big time plays in there that they can go either. They can go either way. And if they those things go either way, maybe we drop that game. So um I'm glad that we were able to kind of come out of there with a win, but I do think that there's a lot of games in there that still kind of scare me mm-hmm. when I'm looking at the schedule. I think San Francisco had an impressive outing on Monday night against uh, against the Rams. I think they'll be ready to go, uh, especially with Garoppolo back in there playing his, playing his game. Debo Samuels is ridiculous. Uh, I saw somebody ask why we don't use AJ that way. It's because uh, DJ Samuel, I know they're built similar, but his his durability is a little bit different, so I don't think that that's something that we would be able to do. I know he played a little. bit. I don't know. He's been hurt a ton too. Maybe that's why we don't do that because we don't want him as banged up as Debo is. Debo. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I said, well, uh, maybe. I, I I mean, I guess I could see it either way. But I mean, Debo looked he looked pretty damn good to me. I mean, there, but also I I think that was probably. I think that the Rams played a hell of a lot worse against San Francisco than they did against us. I don't know what was going on in that game. Uh, Ramsey was obviously frustrated, and uh, which is becoming uh, just a normal thing. He just he, him and DJ Metcalf maybe the two biggest like 
hot tempered guys in the league. Yeah. But um, between that and uh, just the uh, the fact of the matter is, is there's there's been like a lot of little moments where the game could go either way in some of the games that we've had. Mm-hmm. And when you got when you got a New England who's obviously red hot, clearly Mac Jones is out playing all the other quarterbacks of the rookie class has a lot to do with Belichick, obviously. I mean, let's not let's not get it twisted when we're talking about this coach here. Um I, I want to make sure that um that we don't like overlook what we have to do for the rest of the season. Cause there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, we're gonna give up that number one seed. We're not gonna be able to hold on to it, this, that, and the other. And we, I mean, truth of truth of matters, we may not, but what we do have to do is we gotta make sure that when we go in these games, these bigger games, a lot of these teams we we may see down the road. Mm-hmm. So what I wanna see out of us is I wanna see like what kind of identity we're gonna have moving forward. Because I know I know knock on wood, everybody's like, Oh, you know, there's a chance we might be able to get we'll be able to get Henry back for the playoffs. We'll have Julio back for the playoffs. We don't know. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to go into that. I know that everybody's like, oh, they're just resting Julio for the playoffs. We don't know. So, like, we need a team that we have to be ready to go. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And like I said, I, I think that's why this Houston game is going to be so big because let's see. It's one thing to, you know, eke out these close games, but – Really good teams should dominate against the Texans. Yep. Doesn't matter even if you got some guys banged up. Like if, yep. if we think the Titans can play to their peak, they should still wipe the floor with the Texans. It's a division game, and I don't know if you saw Vrabel in his press conference today was saying he didn't think that uh, his team. I think you know brought the necessary energy to the Saints game, and right. so he's warning about that with the Texans and. Yeah, part of me wonders if it's just exhaustion that all these guys are just playing through, um, you know, with all the injuries going on. Um, but you really can't overlook teams like that. And these games are so important to win because you've got some other tough ones down the schedule. I think, honestly, Patriots are playing like the best team in the AFC right now. Yep. I mean, like on both sides of the ball. They, I mean, the Browns, um, they, you know, I don't – they're obviously not the team that people predicted them to be this offseason, um, but they're still a solid team. The Patriots wiped the floor with them. And it worries me a little bit, too. I was just reading an article about how the, the Patriots have built their team, and they're built to stop really physical teams, which is the, the Browns like to play a similar, similar brand of football that we do, super physical, run the ball, use play action, and they just they didn't let them do any of that. So they have me a little bit worried so that's why i would like to see in this houston game let's get downing in the lab let's have him start trying some new stuff putting position players in different hey maybe we should try aj brown in more of a debo role like let's let's experiment a little bit because you know, i understand you know within just two games against henry against two top teams is not the time to start experimenting and maybe it's not the time to do it against houston either but i think you got to start trying new stuff because i don't think I mean, this offense is is not really done too much since Henry left. Like, it's you got to figure something out. Super you can't just stagnant. rely. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, they, they got the fumble um, off the kickoff. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about DVOA and why it doesn't like the Titans. 
a lot of it is because the Titans have benefited a lot from turnovers and, you know, the advanced metrics don't give you a lot of credit for turnovers. Um, they like to see, you know, sustained offense and defense on both sides. And the Titans have gotten a lot of points from turnovers. I mean, if you look at every game since like Houston, turnovers have been huge and how they came up with the victory. Right. So I would really like to see just a completely dominant performance and maybe trying some new stuff out on offense against Houston. Yeah. I mean, the, the if you would have told me that I could bet a hundred bucks that says that our defense would be while we're winning games, I would have took that bet to heart. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a I weird season, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a weird season, but there's a, I mean, I definitely would like to see a little bit. We got to figure out what we need to do in order to kind of get the offense making some kind of place because right now it's been Brett Kern punting defense, making some kind of play to get us in position. And then us kind of getting the ball in great position and then scoring. So we got to get mm-hmm. to where we got to get to where we're doing more than just like needing that in order to get there. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Downing is kind of like, out of position to where he can't really make some kind of things happen to move the people around to kind of make some plays happen to kind of get us kind of rolling. But what I would like to see is I want to see Marcus Johnson continue his play the way that he kind of, kind of did his confidence is building. And Mm -hmm. it was a lot of hype on him in the preseason. Right. So if he can kind of build his confidence, continue to make plays NWI, they're doing his thing. And then just, uh, just, Foreman just continuing to be able to kind of pick up the yardage that's kind of needed on first and second down or whenever we're using third and short, fourth and short, then I do think that this Houston game we can go into and get a good victory, come out of it and win decidedly. But it's not one of those games where I can kind of gauge where we are because there may just be a chance that Houston is just kind of like that bad where they just imploded. So I don't really know what we're going to get out of it. But I do, I do know if we go in this game and we win this game by like uh, last second field goal to something, then it's going to be very long. Yeah. It um, It's funny with Houston. And the, th- the thing about Houston that is a big advantage for them is they're coming off a bye, right? right. So they're going to be well-rested. Um, and it's funny when Vrabel was talking about how to prepare for them, he kind of alluded to it, how this roster that they've built is just kind of funky. Um, remember they signed like 30 veterans or something insane this off season of just all like barely mediocre players. <laughs> like nobody actually good, just like regular old guys. And they just like signed 30 of them, right. you know, like the Rex Burkheads and Danny Amendola, all these, all these random guys who all, a lot of them have connections to the Patriots. Um you know, they've got like five random running backs back there. It's it's a weird team to prep for. Um, it makes me a little nervous. You know, division games are always weird. Um, I think the Texans were almost beat the Patriots a few weeks ago, right? Weren't they up big to start? And then the I Patriots think, yeah, came back and what, win. I think that's what it was. Yep. And, you know, it's, it, I, I really, I really hope it's, I don't think it'll be a trap game is for them, you know, overlooking the Texans, but. I think this team is wiped out in the past few weeks and like everything they've put in to get, you know, they keep finding ways to win, but that's exhausting. So that's the only thing I'm worried about is that they may, might just, you know, 
come out flat, you know, low T Titans. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, <laughs> but um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they, they can find the juice to get over the hump, but I can also see how they're just exhausted and it, it's hard not to start looking at the Patriots, you know, with how good they've been playing. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's on Vrabel. If you keep finding ways to win, you got to find a way to beat the Texans. Like yeah. there's, there's, even if you say, oh, they're tired, oh, they're hurt, like there's no real excuse for how bad this team is to lose to them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing is I know that it's – I would think personally that it would be kind of hard for Brable not to want to get ready for that matchup against Belichick. Uh, and I'm sure there will be a lot of talk on how like, you know, you, you know, we ended the Patriots down to see yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, like this, this Patriots team has found a way to be super resilient and they've woken up, man. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to be one of those games where we just kind of go in there they got a new quarterback. We get in his face. He throws interceptions. We take over the game. We dominate. It's gonna like they're gonna be ready to go. And if we're not ready, then what we can see is a Patriots team that makes us wake up to realize, oh shit! Like we got the playoffs coming up in about four weeks, and we just got our faces kicked in by this Patriots team. And next thing you know, they got all the confidence in the world, and the Patriots are making a deep playoff run. And mm-hmm. um, so we got to make sure that we're ready to go in that game. And I'll say the same thing I said whenever we were playing the Rams. For me, when I look at a game like that, it's not really about absolutely winning that game. It's about making sure that you're competing in that game to put yourself in a position to just because you know you're going to see them down the road. Uh, and like knock on wood, we've been able to kind of dominate the games that I felt like I just wanted to compete in. But I don't think that it's going to continue to be one of those things where we just continue to blow everybody out. Yeah, and like we, I mean, look at us, Sam. We're we're already looking ahead to the Patriots. We can't even help it. But um, I I think the if nothing else. The past few weeks in the league have shown us how you shouldn't look, overlook teams, right? Like right. the Bills going in and only scoring six against the Jaguars. Like that could with how our offense is right now. Who knows? Like the the Texans could do something different. They're familiar with our team. Um, but again, we come back to the point that these are games you need to win. And you know, everybody is complaining about the lack of respect that the Titans have been getting. If we lose to the Texans and the Jets, we're not getting that respect back until we like win the Super Bowl. Right. That'll be it. Yeah. So that should be that should be motivation enough to be like, if you want to, you know, uh, what what was Byard's phrase? He keeps saying like, um, uh, we're not trying know. to prove us. We're not trying to prove everybody wrong. We're trying to prove ourselves right. Yeah, you, this is a prove yourselves right game. Like, if you are who you think you are, you're not going to lose to the Texans. So, um, yeah, I don't have a ton of evaluation for the Texans because, like, like Vrabel, I, I don't, I'm still not really familiar with this team. They just have a bunch of random. It looks like the back of um, Sid, you know, Sid from Toy Story. Yeah, it looks that, like it looks like all of the weird toys he collected. That's like the roster for the Texans right now. <laughs> But, like, you know, they can put together something weird. Tyrod Taylor, like, he has had his flashes. I don't know. He, David Johnson plays like David Johnson of old. But, um, yeah, it, it, this game has me worried. But I'm also I'm, – I'm not looking past it because I want to see the Titans, like, blow them out of the water. Right. And I'm like, I, I want to have that confidence that this is, this is a team who has it figured out and can, you know, can go deep even without Henry. Yeah, I mean they'll get up for this game. I have no doubt that they'll they'll be up for this game and ready to go. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of uh, 
it's gonna be a lot of chalkboard talk and a lot of a hey, you know they don't think that they they think they got us and this and other. I'm sure they'll talk about it. And then the whole who's the real Oilers bullshit or so all, all that stuff will come to fruition. So they'll be ready to go, and I think that you'll get the best game that they possibly can give you. So if you're not ready, then you know you'll get hit in the chin. You'll get hit. You'll get knocked down. So uh, I want to I, I want to see us take care of business because then. Um, I think that uh, if you see that, then you kind of, it kind of calms down some of the nerves whenever you're looking at a team. You're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know if this is one of those teams that are going to win the games they're supposed to win, but then they played. Because when they lost to the Jets, I was like, oh my God, we're still doing that thing where we know that we have the better team and we're playing down the competition, yada, yada, yada. Because we saw what the Jets have done the rest of the season and it just kind of shows every time we ball out, everybody's like, oh, it's the team lost to the Jets. It's the team lost to the Jets. And I'm like, oh, my God. So that's what we deal with. But when, thank God, that the Bills lost to the Jags and then the Tampa Bay loses to Washington, and now everybody's just like, okay, we're in the twilight zone this NFL yeah. season, so stuff is going to happen. And I saw a lot of bad talk. I saw a lot of bad talk about uh, Tampa Bay after they lost. And I'm like, if you don't think that Tampa Bay is not going to be ready when the playoffs come around, like – Come on, man. Like, yeah. I mean, the teams that are ready to go are going to be ready to go. And we got to be one of those teams that are ready to go. Yeah, I don't think any team has really escaped like a bad loss. Because no, um, Arizona got theirs. Yeah, theirs is a little weird because they didn't have Kyler, right? Right. So they have an asterisk. But, um, I mean, Green Bay got destroyed by New Orleans. I do think New Orleans – you know, some people were saying, oh, they didn't have Jameis. I mean, I honestly don't think there was a huge drop-off from Simeon, from Jameis to Simeon, from what I've seen. I thought they were still uh, – the bigger loss was Kam- Kamara. It was good. If they had Kamara, yeah, that game probably, could have been yeah, – uh, it might have been a little too close for comfort. Yeah, um, we might, yeah, there's a chance we dropped that game for sure. But it's also hard to tell with the Titans too because they really love like, – like I said, that they're still trying to act like they have Henry. Get a lead and run it out. And it doesn't work the same when you can't run out the clock with Henry. Right, right. Um, and that's where, you know, it, it came to bite him in the ass and the Saints were able to come back because that's why I think um, Sean Payton really should have gone for it on fourth down by the end zone. But it's because he didn't respect um, the Titans offense was why he felt comfortable kicking the field goal there. It's because he's right. like, yeah, I'll, I'll get the ball back here. And he did. They almost won. So that's, I mean, I'm trying to put it in context because they did play two of the top, I'd probably say five defenses in the league, yeah. definitely 10 yeah. in these past two games. That's hard to do even with Henry. So we'll, we'll see how they go from here, but it's not too, not too encouraging. So, and I actually, I will lead. That's a good lead in for my stat of the week here, Sam. So go. to back it up, in the eight games with Derrick Henry, the Titans averaged 377 yards of offense and 147 rushing yards. Without Henry, they've averaged 229 total yards and 67 and a half rushing yards. So basically, what's that? 100, 150 less total yards and more than half of their rushing yards have gone out the window without Henry. Um, so, again, losing a huge part of your offense and immediately playing two amazing defenses is tough. Right. 
But as great as the Titans have played, as great as the defense has been, you're not going far if you're averaging 230 yards of offense. Like that's, it's just not sustainable. So going to have to be a turnaround there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you losing 100 yards of offense is, that's a tough situation to be in right there. I mean, I, I normally when you when you hear a stat like that, you're thinking, okay, cool. Then they've been 0-2 since they've been out, but they've been 2-0, which yeah. is a testament to what the defense has been able to do. And uh, thank God that we've been able to have some kind of turnaround. And Shane Bowen obviously has the hugest chip on his shoulder ever because we threw a fit whenever uh, we decided that he was going to still be around as a defensive coordinator. And he's at, he's – He's, he's shown that he's been able to get done. He's had a little help. So um, it's um, it's one Did of you those. you see that? I forget who does it. Maybe it's Tom Pelissero releases um, like coaches to watch for head coaching positions. And Bo and Downing was on the main list and Shane Bowen was like on other names to watch. The fact that Shane Bowen is even around and other names to watch for head coaches yeah, after crazy. like after how he was last year, um, it's just insane to see him in that position and the people like finally coming around, like, okay, I'll give Shane Bowen credit. Um, but a lot of it, I just think, is the defense. I mean, like the, the personnel, I mean, like the players. Like, I don't think he's really changed too much of what he wants to do, I just don't think he's had the talent to do it. Um, and even the depth is better. I mean, guys like Molden, um, and uh you know even like maven coming in have been better than we had to rely on jonathan joseph and ty smith like it's it's been it's been great having these defensive players and i think uh bowen finally showing he can do a little something with them has been refreshing as well yeah it's been huge it's been huge i mean i think if he continues to do what he does and i don't think anybody's gonna he won't have to worry about anything this offseason whenever we're trying to look at what we can do to be better uh, which is big for him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, when I'm, when I'm looking at it in that situation, it's just right now, I think that they're trying to do a, a few different things to kind of get their footing as a uh, offensive identity. And hopefully as we progress, that we'll see a little bit more out of those guys, AJ get going, stop with the drops. It'll be big. I mean, he had a big drop in this game Man. too. Um, uh, so he gets, of- if he has another one in this next game, I'm gonna start getting a little worried because then you're getting into like, I mean, he's a baseball player, right? Getting into right. the yips at that point, yeah. Getting inside your own head, so yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He needs to it. clean that up. Yeah, go, go, Stay- to, go to him early on a screen or something. Just get him back in the swing of things against the the Texans. Yeah, yeah, I think you can figure it out. Well, I'm gonna go into my two minute warning here, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you three things that I think that we have to do in order to win this game. A Time of possession. I think you need to get the offense going. You need to be able to make some first downs, not because you're playing the Texans, because I'm not super worried about what they're going to do against us offensively, but because of the fact that we haven't seen a lot of conversions on third down, keeping the clock moving, being able to kind of get a rhythm. We need to get some kind of rhythm. So I want to see that. B, Foreman. If Foreman is going to be that guy, everybody wants it to be the feature back, I want to see him actually have a game that's uh, – noteworthy to where he actually goes out there and he actually makes some kind of plays that make big time play. He needs a touchdown. He needs to go like if, if, if Foreman was to run for a hundred yards in a game, 
then I think it would be huge. I want to see that out of him. And then three, uh, turnovers. We got to win the turnover battle. We got to continue to do that. I think that if Tannehill can, 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 can kind of get it under control a little bit to where I think he's in a position now where he needs to be Brad Johnson from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl right now. And he needs to be a game manager, protect the ball at all costs, and just be safe. Uh, I know that everybody wants him to kind of sling it around, but I think that that's more along the lines of what he may have to do when he gets everybody back. Uh, right now, he needs to just be smart with it. Take what the defense is giving you. Take the underneath. There's a couple of swing passes that he missed last week. He probably could have taken, probably, and let the running backs kind of do their thing. Let, uh, let your little your little drag routes hit them. Let them kind of make some plays after the, after the yak. They got to get all over that stuff. And I think that that's going to be key in order for us to kind of do what he needs to do. Um, and let me add an extra one. Anthony Fersker. Bonus. <laughs> Anthony Fersker, I there's a I, I went to the grocery store today, Nick, because you know what? I was craving milk. I went, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get some milk today because I my, my bones are weak. I'm getting old. So I bought a carton of milk and Anthony Fersker's fat face was right on the side of it and said, Hell, oh, have you seen me? If so, call one eight hundred Titan the fuck up. And this guy was literally our guy. He was a, he's been our guy that we talked about for two seasons now. On how, like, oh, you know, and you said it, Anthony Fersker. I think he runs routes a little better than Jonathan Smith. He does this, he does that. And I'm like, yo, this is my guy. He's the smartest guy on the field. The guy went to Harvard. I'm sitting here, me and, me and Fersker, both Harvard grads. Uh, I didn't go to Harvard, but still, but I expect better from Fersker. He's got to figure it out. Just like, so I know Swain, Swain's out playing it. I get it. But he's got to figure it out because that was he. It was supposed to be him. So if he can't get himself in a position where he can actually do what he's supposed to do, then like I'm gonna get extremely frustrated with him and this offense. And I'm gonna start talking about the fact that we need to figure out free agency or in the draft if we need a tight end because it's not getting done. And a, and the tight ends are huge in Tennessee's offense. It's never. It's always been the thing. And he's not doing what we need him to do. But that's all I got. It's about this time of year in this, or the, about this point in the season, is when I start looking at like, um, like college rankings of players, and right. I will admit that I I've been looking at tight ends this week because I'm just like, you know, Michael and Swain have been getting it done. I, I'm about to write off Ferkser. He's like on, you know, forget the milk can. He's going to be taken off and just deemed as a lost child forever pretty soon. <laughs> we listen. We've had more ambulers in Tennessee than I than I can remember in my lifetime. And I, I yeah. swear, I'm every time I check it, I'm like, oh, was Anthony Fersker? Like, I'm I'm waiting. To, I'm waiting to get one. You'll be like, I'm like, I'm like, white Subaru. Yeah. I'm just gonna turn my I'm just gonna turn my phone off when I see it because I'm like, you ain't gonna find that son of a bitch because he just ain't there. Yeah, which is it's disappointing. Like you said, we were high on him, but yeah, I think that's gonna have to be. You know, I feel like it, the tight end is usually important in this style of offense with the play action and being able to block and do everything. And they really haven't had, you know, John who well, I think was great in his final year here, but prior to that, he wasn't really the guy. Um, even last year, he still shared a lot of snaps with, um, with Ferkser. So that's some, some position I've been looking at. The other one was honestly running back. Um, sure. I, I saw a tweet today that like had a graph, of like rushing yards above expectation and it had like 
as it progressed over the number of carries. And when Henry hit like over a um, hundred carries, his production started to dip down, down, down until he was he eventually got hurt. So I know that was a big discussion when he was healthy is, you know, how much to run Henry and um, how many carries is too many. And he, I do think his efficiency was decreasing a little bit that he was getting worn out. And I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily correlated to his injury. Um, but if he's coming off a big injury, we need to get someone who isn't Darrington Evans with his dental floss hamstrings who can come in and like tote the rock reasonably for him every now and then. Like, I'd like to see them, you know, like fifth or sixth round draft, like a solid running back to come in here and like take some carries off his plate. Like not, not a scat back who can be a weapon out of the backfield, like a legit, a legit backup running back. Um, you know, everything is so running back by committee now. So get a, a good cheap option in the draft, call it a day, yep. but we'll see. I need to stop looking at the, uh, at, at the next crop of guys and focus on what we got this year. Cause that's all there's, there's no, there's no young new faces walking in to help carry the load. Just, old shitty guys who are free agents like Adrian Peterson. That's about it. So Back. Back. we'll see. We'll see. Before, well, Sam, this has been, this has been a quick episode. So should we address the tickle monster controversy? Oh, the tickle monster controversy. So listen, so whenever this thing came up, um, I think that it was, it was cute to start. It was one of those situations where everybody wanted to get on there and it was kind of, it was fun because everybody like it was I thought that it was for a publicity type thing where everybody was wanting to get attention from it and just kind of make a fun, harmless joke. Well what happened was is that people took it and they kind of ran with it and they're like, no, take a monster here to stay. Like and I mean people editing on Elmo's face on Jeffrey Simmons, yada yada yada. <laughs> Listen, Jeffrey Simmons, it got to Jeffrey Simmons. He got asked a question about it today, he addressed it today. And for me, I think, listen, that for, if you really want to get some publicity, that's a win. You, you, they should, whoever came up with the idea originally, Justin, whoever it was, retweet it. Like, say, hey, like, I, I'm glad that Jeffrey addressed this. You'll always be Elmo to me. You'll always make me laugh. You'll always be my tickle monster. Say what you want to say. But at the end of the day, when Jeff says no, you shut it, you shut it down. Like, you shut it down. Like that's what that's what my take is on it when it comes to the tickle monster. It is what it is. Yeah, I think um, I I never thought it was as hilarious as some did, but that's the thing is you know like that everybody if you're having fun with it, go with it. Um, and actually, I the funniest part of it all was having to see Jeffrey Simmons answer a question about being called tickle monsters. I think that was. That was the funniest part to me in this whole saga that he had to speak on it. Yeah. Um, that, that's what made me laugh the most. Um, but I, someone actually suggested they should be like the Cumberland Care Bears or something. I kind of like that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you look up, if you're, if you're like me and you go down the rabbit hole and you go down the rabbit hole about, um, about the Care Bears on YouTube, then you probably would not want to call them the Care Bears. Sam, you could do a lot of. We haven't gotten into this on. This is usually before we start recording. You yeah. tell me of these. We're gonna do a YouTube rabbit holes. We're gonna do a YouTube. One day we're gonna do it. This will be off season. Yeah. We're gonna do off season episode about what about what Sam's rabbit Sam's hole. 
what what Sam's rabbit hole has been. And I'll tell you, I have some shit that'll keep you up at night. It'll have no, you. Maybe we should maybe we should start that segment. We'll, we'll add that as a new segment. <laughs> you know, like part of my take has all their wacky segments. Yeah, we can have a rabbit what, hole. What, what shit did Sam see on YouTube this That's week? That's it, man. I'm telling you, I'll, just... I'll I'll freak you out, dude. Like I'm telling you, Care Bear is not what you want to get. All That's right, a... next next week, come back with a, a a fun, scary fact you got from oh, your you YouTube got, oh, travels. You, oh, easy, easy. I've right, watched yeah. I've watched like forty I've watched forty episodes and stuff on YouTube today that'll freak you out. On my off days, it's it's that's all it is. I go down the weirdest rabbit holes. What if I ever come up missing? It's because I'm gonna watch the wrong video. I'm telling you. It's you watch be... these with like the shades drawn, like oh, and the co- complete darkness, bro. <laughs> complete darkness, complete darkness with a candle lit while I'm wearing a black yeah. robe, bro. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna come up missing one day. I'm telling you, but right. no, <laughs> uh, that, yeah. But like I'm saying, like there's a lot of stuff we could come up with. I mean, I, I I don't know. I'm just happy to see the defense playing well. I don't think that we've had enough experience of them balling out. To even think of nicknames yet but yeah. i mean it's cool to be in the conversation where like they're playing well enough people are even thinking about it because last year last year they were the the i mean the line of xanax so i don't know like I, it's great yeah. that it's great that they're like pumped up this year and they're balling out and they're doing their thing but um yeah i i mean it was i think once it got addressed by jeff i was kind of like all right like cool like it was fun it was fun while it lasted like yeah all right let's take it let's get more serious now yeah it's one of those things like if someone asks you ultimately if someone says they don't want to be called something out of respect you just you don't do it anymore so yeah it's that's almost you know to the to the movement's um detriment that it got so far because otherwise it wouldn't have got shut down but when the main guy you're calling something says he's not about it i think that's kind of hard to keep going but i'm sure i'm sure it'll live on but you know what the ironic part is is I don't I don't really like nicknames in general, which is the the irony the irony there is that my name is a nickname that's Nick. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm Nicholas, but yeah. I think I sound like whenever um, I hear Nicholas, I think of like the little uh, little fat British boy in that movie Heavyweights. I don't know if you remember <laughs> the classic. That's I, who I always think of. That was Nicholas. So yeah. I, I I can't be branded as Nicholas. So. Yeah. I have to I'll, I have to go with the nickname in this situation. When we first got linked up to do a podcast together like two years ago, I thought that I thought that your last name Lombardi, I thought that it was made up because of the <laughs> fact I just thought it was actually like because you just like like football so much. I was like, okay, cool. Like he's got a cool like Nick Lombardi. Like he just gave himself a last name. That's kind of cool. And then like whenever I like whenever we like got introduced and I found out that was your real last name, I was like, this guy has to talk about football. There's no getting around it. Did, did fact, you know my initials are NFL? No, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my oh middle my name starts God. with middle name is Flynn. Yeah. So oh my, my initials God. are literally NFL. And that's it's funny hilarious. with that's my mom's main name. And um my dad had said like he agreed to that. And like my mom didn't put two and two together till like a year or two after I was born. She's like, Did you know his initials were NFL, like the football league? He's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that, that that was exactly what I'm naming for. That's yeah. classic, hilarious. Yeah. Well, that's a fun fact. I'm I'm definitely using that whenever I post this episode. That's tomorrow. why it's it's yeah. NF Lombardi. It's not because I'm like trying to make it like the NFL. That's that's actually it on my that's Twitter handle. Classic. 
fucking classic, dude. Well, I, I don't have a cool I don't have a cool initial. It's just S L H. But my middle name is Leroy. When I get pissed off, people say that you don't want to see Leroy. So that's what they that's what they're saying. I like that. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, it's like my alternate personality. It's just like <laughs> there was a chance that somebody was gonna get fired if Leroy showed up to work. Like that's what. Oh shit. <laughs> I like that. It's still, like it's still that. a fact. I mean, it's still a fact. I still like when Leroy shows up, you don't want to see it. But it was, <laughs> it was my uncle's name, and he used to he literally used to go to like our rival football towns and like in a pickup truck with a bunch of other football players, and they would take him to this stockyard and like let him out of the truck. And he would literally just start fighting people. That's, 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 <laughs> so that's the OG Leroy there. The, yeah, OG, the OG Leroy. He was built a little different. He like he like got my grandmother had to go pick him up at school because he like blew up a toilet with like those TNT fireworks because you know <laughs> if you put them in a porcelain toilet they'll blow it up and like so like he did yeah. like he was that guy. But so I mean he lives just, on in your middle name. He yeah, comes he was out built, every now. And he, yeah. he was he was built a little different. The name um, Leroy just yeah lends itself to that. That's I'm awesome. a I'm a little bit more like politically correct. Probably should run for mayor when I'm 40. Like that's me. <laughs> he's he's like I'm gonna blow up the courthouse. I'm like I'm gonna run the courthouse. Like, all right, so that's 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 him. That's, that's him. awesome. That's him. All right, all right. Well, anyway, you listen to podcast. Be sure you go on here, subscribe, give us five stars, uh, leave some comments. Be sure that you listen to the pod. We appreciate the support. Um, let's go out here, get a W against Houston. Let's get our offense back on track and let's make sure that we can stay on top of the AFC, keep rolling. I want the playoffs to go through Nashville, A, because I get first priority to the seats, and then B, because I like our chances in the playoffs when we got in front of our home fans. And why wouldn't we want our home team to play at home? And until next time, tighten up. Tighten up.